Once you live in the 716, Buffalo sports is ingrained in your soul. No matter where you are, we always remember the roots that helped us grow. Don't let where you live or the people around you stop you from showing your Buffalo pride. Join us Buffalonians as we talk all things sports in the 716 on the Buffalo Loyal Podcast. Circles the way, like the Buffalo Bills. I'm your host, Nick English, alongside my co-host, Andrew Ogwich. No matter where we are, no matter the heartbreak, we will always remain Buffalo Loyal. This is the Buffalo Loyal Podcast, coming to you live on a Thursday evening. Hope everyone had a great holiday. Uh... Coming off of a Bills win over the Chargers in L.A. in a very tight and stressful game. We're going to dive into that, talk about the playoffs, and then talk about the disgrace that is the Buffalo Sabres. Um, but first and foremost, Andrew, how are you and how are, how was your Christmas? Good, good. I'm doing well. Holiday season uh, almost over, but it's been going really well. So um, we are... Uh, coming to the end of the bill season and uh, it's only going to get more and more interesting as we go along so we we know what needs to be done does the team know what needs to be done and can they finish out i think that's that's the big question here nick in front of us yeah so let's dive into the chargers game um definitely had Patriots Broncos game vibes for a good chunk of it. Just team did not look like they were ready to play, um, which has become a characteristic of the McDermott teams uh, while he's been the coach as far as feeling like they always play down to the shittier opponents and then mm-hmm. always get up and play really good games against the good teams. Um, so this was a pretty stressful game. Um I know we both predicted a pretty good win for them. Um, I mean, Easton Stick looked like freaking Joe Montana for half the game. Um, And then they got the new coach bump and the vibe of just getting their ass kicked. And at first, it kind of looked like, all right, here we go. Charger got up early. We had the Gabe Davis touchdown. Then all of a sudden, we take the lead. It's like, all right, kind of what I referred to last week. I think they survived the first blow. Now let's just go out there and kind of put them away and get this game over with, but nope, they let the chargers hang around all the way to the end, even giving them a lead late in the game. Josh goes down the field, leads a game winning drive. Uh, Actually very lucky that Khalil Shakir gets, you know, spotted down at about the 10, 15 yard line. Granted points are points. um, But the way the defense has played in previous games um, in those situations, it was good to kind of run it all the way down let Tyler Bass close it out um, the way that he did. Wins are wins. We're getting them when we need them. Um, they're 9-6. and six. They're in a good spot. They're right now. They're the sixth seed for the playoffs. And if they win this week, they have a chance to clinch um, a playoff spot pending some other uh, results going on that, you know, won't be too difficult for us to kind of get in this week. Um, the Cowboys definitely screwed us over. Um, so we're all huge Ravens fans this week because if the Bills can win this game against the Patriots and the Ravens can beat the Dolphins, which they shown on 
Christmas, you know, with their domination of the 49ers, they definitely can. Week 18, the Bills will be playing in Miami for the AFC East title. And if they are able to win that game, there's a very high chance that they could be the number two seed going into the playoffs despite everything that's been going on. The Chiefs have looked terrible. They lost again this week. Um, so despite looking pretty bad overall in this game, there were some good moments. Um, but at the end of the day, everything is in front of us, like you mentioned, Andrew. And no one would have been thinking three, four weeks ago that we have a chance, if we handle our business this week, to be a number two seed and win the division next week with some help from Baltimore. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, you know, never thought that they would be uh, in line for the two seed at all. And it looks like that is uh, the highest they can be. They need to be the two seed or the six seed. So that's what it's going to come down to. Uh, we'll just see if uh, Baltimore can help us out, give us, you know, do us a solid and, and beat Miami. Thankfully that is in Baltimore. Um, Miami has not been very good on the road this year. Baltimore needs to win that game to lock in the number one seed. So they've got something to play for. Yes, it's a short week, short turnaround for them. They are a bit banged up coming out of 49ers, but we'll see what happens there. Um, but about the Chargers game, was not perfect. They got the win, which is what matters at this point, right? I say it every week. I've said it's coming out of the bye week. At, you are in the playoffs right now. You have already started the playoffs early. Every week is a must win. They won. That's what matters. Now, the frustrating part, and you mentioned it, Nick, is they continually play down to their competition. Uh, and that's what worries me about this week against New England, right? I mean, Josh against the Chargers did not look crisp. He didn't look, um, you know, settled at all. He was 15 for 21, 237 yards, touchdown, did have an interception that came back uh, on just a terrible throw, right? He just Josh just can't help himself sometimes through that interception. Um, but player I called out last week, Gabe Davis, had a big game, had a great game, four receptions, 130 yards, and a touchdown. That long ball was back. Um, Gabe showed that he can still catch the ball. He can still make things happen for this offense. So that's big, um, right? When Diggs is continually absent from this offense in a big way, week in and week out, you need to know that you can trust the other receivers uh, on this roster to help you out and make some plays. Uh, and that happened. Gabe Davis finally woke up, had a good game. We'll see if that sticks. It's been up and down with him all year. One one week he looks great, then he disappears for a couple weeks. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what type of offense Joe Brady kind of dials up for this team the next couple weeks of the regular season. We'll kind of see how that looks moving forward. But uh, as far as this past week was concerned, Gabe was there. He showed up, and he produced for this offense, which was big, which was needed. Running game. Really wasn't too uh, too great. Nothing to write home about. I didn't think it would be that uh, as you know high flying as it was the week before against Dallas. Leonard for his first touches of the season as a Buffalo Bill. Um, five attempts for twenty yards. Right, not terrible, not great, but it was something there. James Cook had uh, twenty attempts for seventy yards, three and a half per. Um, per attempt, not terrible. That's serviceable, right? That is, you know, pretty average. That's what you want out of 
your running back. So again, the offense was not great. It wasn't, um, you know, the greatest show on turf. It wasn't high flying. It wasn't, um, you know, running over the chargers like they did against Dallas, but it was serviceable. It was enough to get the job done. And that's what they did. Uh, right. Again, Josh Allen led the offense at the end of the game to put them in a spot to win, left it up to the defense and the defense did enough uh, to hold off the chargers. Like I kind of worried there at the end when there was one second left, they started doing all their laterals. It's like, Oh, great. Here we go. Now we're going to get the one second game to add it to the heartbreak list, but didn't happen. We were okay. We survived and we lived to, uh, you know, tell about it and move on to the next week. So some good things, some not so good things, some average things happening. Um, I just, they need to figure out how to not play down. Good news is, I guess, right. If you get out of this week against new England, you're only going to be playing top competition right in the playoffs against Miami so hopefully there will be no slumping there will be no playing down as we move forward um they did enough to win that's what matters that's what we needed so um you know hopefully you clean some things up you keep your mind focused and locked in on the goal and that is beating New England at home last home game of the season um hopefully it's not the last game of the Last home game of the year, uh, right? Hopefully we do get that number two seed. We win the division. We get a home game um, and keep moving forward. But we'll see. We'll see uh, what Sean McDermott, Joe Brady can put up, uh, you know, dial up for this team. It's it's right there for the taking. They just have to go out and take it and not shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah, and I think this week is a monster week for them, um, especially from a health perspective too. Jake Juan Jones has been a full participant at practice um, these last few days. So it seems like he actually might be able to go this week, kind of ramp up before the Miami game. Kyer Elam's activated um, a couple days ago. Micah Hyde seems like he's turning in the right direction. AJ Epinesa, same thing. So getting a little bit more healthy um, on defense going towards the playoffs is a good thing. But this is still a big week just because we have played down to opponents, which really does scare me. Um, you don't really know what's going on in New England as far as Belichick seems like he could definitely play spoiler um, just oh, yeah. to be that guy because who knows if he's going to be back there. Or you don't know if all of a sudden they're going to go into full, we shouldn't have tried to beat the Broncos last week because we want to move up to get a better quarterback in the draft. I just don't um, see that in Belichick's skin to do that. Um, Ed Oliver had a monster game first the Chargers. Um, he was all over the field, really closed out for them. Von Miller just continues to be, I don't even understand why we keep trotting him out there. He does absolutely nothing. As they asked Sean McDermott about it, he was like, oh, I'm proud of how he's fighting through adversity and, you know, battling out there and this, that, and the third. But he's really been hurting this football team when he's been on the field. So I'm hoping that if we can get Epinesa back healthy, um, Floyd and Rousseau continue to have really good games. These last few weeks, we just need to see more of them. Even this, you know, when you're putting Vaughn out there on these third down pass rush only situations, he's just doing really nothing for this team, um, which is really sad to see. But um, it is what it is from that perspective. Um, going into the Patriots game, you know, the one thing that the Bills do have an advantage of um, as far as compared to the first time we played them is that Joe Brady's calling plays now. So maybe there'll be a little bit 
that the Patriots aren't as prepared for when it comes to the offense. Um, but one thing I do want to see, especially trending going towards the playoffs, is really since Joe Brady took over, Stephon Diggs and Dalton Kincaid have kind of not been as involved um, in the offense. I mean, Diggs is still getting, you know, six to ten targets a game. Um, we saw it at the end of the Chargers game when there's a couple huge third downs, a third and four and a third and eight that they needed to convert. You know, Josh was looking number 14's way and Diggs made um, the plays. Um, still is continuing to block. He's still doing enough that he's drawing a lot to open up the field for Gabe Davis, Khalil Shakir and those guys. Um, and at the end of the day, we all know that Steph just wants to win. So um, right now we've been winning games. So I think right now he's kind of in an okay spot. Um, but when we get in the playoffs and you're playing these bigger teams, you need to be able to get number 14, the ball. So I'm really hoping that this week is a good opportunity. And then going into the Dolphins game, we know that he loves to go up against Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard um, to win these matchups. Um, so I'd like to see them get him involved. And then really since Dawson Knox has came back, Dalton Kincaid's kind of been a non-factor in the passing game. Um, he had eight targets three weeks ago, but only had three catches. And then these past couple weeks, he's been getting like one to two catches for 10, 15 yards. Um, I'd really like to see them continue to incorporate him in the offense because when Dawson Knox was out, he was super productive and the offense was a lot better when he was on the field. Um, so I really like to see Brady get um, those guys um, involved. And then defensively, really just go out there and do your job. Like we saw what happened against Easton Stick, where you have guys like Jalen Guyton and these no name receivers uh, kind of catching balls and, you know, making them look good and keeping them in the game. It's the same situation against the Patriots. Like, Ramondre Stevenson's been banged up. He might be going against this again this week, but you know, Zeke's their number one running back right now. Receiver wise, they don't really have anything to write home about. Their tight ends always seem to give us a problem between Henry and Gasecki, but um, you know, you're going to be going against Bailey Zappi. Like this isn't, this shouldn't be a game that we should be stressing about, but yet time after time, we continue to stress against terrible quarterbacks. So um, it's time for McDermott to kind of, get his shit together defensively and, you know, make this a blowout or at least a comfortable win. Um, but that also goes on the offense too. We, we, there's got to be more consistency. You can't have three and outs. Um, you can't do like, you know, five and six play drives and punt the ball. You need to have some prolonged drives, get seven points, kill seven, eight minutes off the clock and then make Bailey Zappi and that Patriots offense feel like they have to throw the ball and come back against you because that's when I feel like the Bills defense, when they're playing with a lead, um, plays better compared to when they got to try to get a stop, um, you know, late in a game up only th or down three or seven points. Um, so really we just need to show some more consistency, which has kind of been the Bills theme this year of not doing that. Um, so for me this game, I'm looking at Brady to get Diggs and Kincaid the ball. And then defensively, just being a more cohesive unit um, and just seeing the defensive line of Oliver, Floyd, Rousseau, and these other guys, and hopefully Daquan Jones, going into the playoffs on a tear, feeling like any given play, they're going to get to the quarterback. Because when the playoffs come around, that's the most important thing, is being able to get to the quarterback and create havoc on almost any play 
um, and make the other team fear you. Yeah, with this game against the Patriots, right, we know they're not too talented of a roster, right? There's nothing that makes you lose sleep at night. Like we mentioned, the problem is the Bills' inability to kind of get up for these games and just destroy the lesser team, right? So it has the ability and the makings and probably will be another very annoying game where these piss ants just are right there and they're going to give you problems. Bailey Zappi is not right a perennial all-pro player. He's not the future of a franchise, but he's good enough to give you a problem. He's good enough to get the ball where it needs to go. He's probably won't turn over all that much. Um, he's a game manager, right? Um, the receiving isn't that great. There are enough guys that will catch the ball consistently to help them stay around in games. Um, there's not much going on for them, but we know this team, Bill Belichick knows our team. They know what's at stake for us and they would love nothing more than to play spoiler. Uh, so you need everyone on top of their game. Um, it is not ideal to have to play, you know, two very emotional games back to back going into playoffs. But look, that's the position you put yourself in. You did it to yourself. So you're going to have to do it one way or another. You're going to have to find a way to get guys motivated, to keep guys up and going throughout the entirety entirety of this new england game and get ready for miami it's just what you have to do to get into the postseason and set yourselves up for success so go out there have a well thought out game plan that is succinct allows josh to take over the game and not play hero ball Stick to your game plan. Stick to what you're good at. Don't try to get cute. Don't try to out-coach Bill Belichick because you're not going to be able to do that. You need to go out there, score more points than the other guy, get out of that game healthy and ready to move on to the next one. Do not let them get into your head. Do not let them rattle you. Just play your game, score more points than them, and move on. Uh, So... We'll see if Joe Brady can do that. We'll see if Sean McDermott can do that. Limit the mind games. Limit the back and forth. Um, It bugs me how nervous I am for this game, right? It's not a uh, crap. I don't, you know, I don't think we'll win, but it's a, this is going to be an annoying game. I just have a really bad feeling. This is going to be an annoying game. Uh, It shouldn't be. They should be able to come out, wipe the floor with New England, and puff your chest out moving into Miami. But I don't see that happening. So they're going to have to, they're just going to have to take it one play at a time, win each quarter, win the quarter to win the game and get out of there. So we'll see how that happens. Um, All hands on deck. Yeah, the Bills have played good at home this year. um, So that's the one advantage um, to this game. Um, but as far as a score prediction and just some key players, I kind of already mentioned mine for offense, defense, Diggs, Kincaid, and then um, Ed Oliver in that front continuing to kind of get to the quarterback. Like you mentioned, Andrew, I think this is going to be a pretty frustrating game um, where I kind of think the Bills are actually going to come out pretty quick um, and maybe score 7 to 14 points uh, relatively quick and then 
kind of just let the Patriots hang around the rest of the yeah. game. Um, so I'm going to go 24-20 Buffalo. I'm in a tight one, but they get the job done. And hopefully Baltimore helps out to create for a chaotic week uh, 18 game, which you know, unfortunately, Andrew, that if that is the scenario, we will definitely be and playing in prime time. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's I, uh, I, I, I pretty much bet that last game of the week is going to be the Sunday night game for sure. Um, need Baltimore to help us out there, but yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, do you give offense defense? Yep, Kincaid digs yep, and then okay. Oliver in the defensive front. Right. Um, offense defense for me, defense linebacking core. Um, need them to lock in. They've gotten kind of loosey goosey, I think, in my opinion, uh last couple of weeks. Yes, they destroyed Dallas. Um, right. They've done everything they can against the Chargers. I just like you mentioned, we know how New England likes to take advantage of middle of the field. I want to be able to see them kind of lock in and kind of shut down that area, um, help the defense, help the cornerbacks. We don't know who's going to be up. We don't know who's still injured. Micah Hyde had no contact on. DeMar had no contact on today. We don't know kind of where um, the injury report's going to show for the secondary. So linebackers can help alleviate some of that pressure, taking out the middle of the field, stopping any running attacks that happen. So let's get a good game there. On offense, um, I'd like to see James Cook have a pretty big game. I'm not, I don't want to see a Dallas game, um, but again, limit Josh's desire to take over the game. Don't put Josh in a position where he has to play hero ball, run the ball consistently, run out the clock, eat up the field, um, and just kind of keep New England's defense on their heels there the entire game. Um, you do that, you can control the time of possession. You can control what you want to do. Don't be put into a position where you have to respond. Let New England have to respond. Don't um, kind of, you know, make sure you dictate this game, um, right? If you want to get out of it unscathed, you have to hold the cards. You can do that with a very good running game. Doesn't have to be crazy numbers with Dallas, just enough to sustain long drives, eat up the clock, and score some points at the end of it. As far as the score is concerned, um, I'm going to go 27-17 Buffalo. All right. See if Baltimore can give us some help and create for a chaotic week 18. I hope so. Um, what has not been chaotic has been the Buffalo Sabres. They are a disaster. They pretty much did everything that we said they were going to do last week. Mm-hmm. So they had the miserable game first Columbus. These motherfuckers come out <laughs> week. Sorry, I shouldn't say these motherfuckers. <laughs> hey that's what they're doing to us i think everyone is uh kind of at that point where they're just done with the team it just you can't i it is so hard to watch it's so hard to watch them i was looking forward to kind of seeing how they came out of this break after christmas after this break ready to see hey boston's not as good as they were they seem beatable Sabres usually uh, find ways to win this game. I turn it on and it's already two nothing. Then it's three nothing. It's just like 
Why? Why do I bother anymore? It's so frustrating. Zemgus Gergens is the top line center. Come on. In what yeah. world? In yeah. what world? Yeah, this 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 has been the most frustrating I've been in a long time. And we've watched some pretty crap teams mm-hmm. over the year, but it's just they they'd have the Columbus game. We talk about it. They come out the next night and just absolutely pump Toronto. Like nine goals, just Skinner talking shit, like dominated them. Then we go into Madison Square Garden, actually give the Rangers a really good game, tie it up late in the third. We go to overtime, and UPL straight up gives them the game. You're Mm -hmm. battling in overtime. There's a couple awesome chances. You're kind of dictating. And then you have Mika Zibanejad go wide, and UPL just comes completely out of the net standing up Zabanajet throws it in front of the net, and it's just a tap-in. Like, just inexcusable um, on his part. And then, yeah, we come out of this break against a Boston team. We find out, like, an hour before the game, Tage isn't playing for some personal reasons. Hope everything's okay there. I know him and his wife are expecting a second child here pretty shortly, so hopefully everything's okay on that front. It said that he was going to be playing um, on Saturday, I believe, this week versus Columbus. Um, so hopefully he's all good there on the home front. But man, this team stinks. We, you know, you get the Tage news, and instead of giving a guy like Krebs or Middlestat um, an opportunity to go up on the top line, which I understand why they didn't with Middlestat because that line with him, Greenway, and Benson's been kind of clicking. Same with the Cousins, Paterka, Quinn line, which was the only line that I thought showed any sort of fight yesterday. Um, but give a guy like Krebs the opportunity to go up there. Why are we throwing in Tyson Jost, who we waived today, which if he clears waivers, we have uh, $5 million worth of cap space in Rochester between him, Bryson, and Riley Stillman. So that's a big woof. Um, and then today, like you said, Andrew, we have Zemgis Gergensen's skating on the top line instead of putting Krebs up there and just having Gergensen's play with um, – Robinson and Oposo. It just makes no sense. I don't know what's going on. Um, you know, at practice and whatnot. The signings of Clifton and Eric Johnson have just been brutal. Um just terrible signings. We we need to get another legitimate top four defender. I mean, three goals yesterday were just standing there. Our defensemen are standing there in front of the net. Our offensive forwards are throwing pucks away in the neutral zone, creating terrible chances. And I don't know how it happened. I know Granado said he's going to be more involved with um, both the power play and the penalty kill. But the fact that someone wasn't fired after yesterday's game, when your special teams goes like 0 for 6 on the power play, including chances at, you know, 5 on 4, 4 on 3, and uh, 5 on 3, and you don't even register like a shot, on like anything and then your special teams your penalty kill gives up three goals how someone isn't fired is insane to me matt ellis is the one that's supposed to be running those teams he was a perennial fourth liner in the nhl i'm not doubting that he might not be an okay coach um but it's just another you know you know you look at the rangers michael pecka goes there he was in rochester last year 
he's like widely renowned as being a great special teams guy. I think Rochester was top three or four last year in special teams. That'd be a great guy to have on Granado staff. Meanwhile, he's sitting on one of the best teams in the league in the Rangers, along with another former Sabre coach and Phil Housley. Um, so this team's just very frustrating. I'm kind of over it. I texted you last night, you know, about joining the next uh, bandwagon team that's going to be coming in the NHL. It seems like it's going to be Atlanta again. Screw it. Let's be Thrashers fans for the <laughs> eight years they're going to be there before they get disbanded again. Um, and then it just gets more frustrating when you look around the league because – don't know if you've looked at the points lately or the goal leaders, but uh, we have two former Sabres in the top 15 uh, in points this year and Mr. Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhart. And Sam Reinhart is currently fourth in the NHL with 21 goals. So that was just a real sugar cherry on top yesterday when I was looking through the league. And it's going to be really funny at the end of the year when – Kevin Adams goes, oh, Sam Reinhardt, let's go out and pay him like the $10 million that we should have given him. And then he comes back here and just stinks. But um, yeah, that's where I'm at. I really want them to actually trade for Jake Gensel on Pittsburgh because they kind of stink too. Um, but I don't know. I'm at the point where I just want Kevin Adams to trade a bunch of these young guys, move some pieces around and do something because give me something else to root for because this team right now is just it's not fun. It's terrible. I watched the first period yesterday before I went into work and I turned it off like midway through because it was just that bad. And I, I, I kind of just am lost of where we go from here because there's just nothing that seems like it's going to be changing. Even if they went on a five, six game winning streak, it's probably putting them only two to four points back of a wild card spot. Um not really sure we go from here because it doesn't seem like they want to go out and get anybody and we're just going to keep throwing shit at the wall and hope it sticks with Gergensons and Jost and these guys playing major minutes and Victor Olsen still skating 20, you know, 15, 20 minutes for this team every night and not going out. And just that's the most frustrating part is for me is just bite the bullet when you screw up. Like, why are we continuously holding on to Olofsson and Comrie and these guys? Like, there is a waste of a roster spot and just get some other players in here. And we just – it's the same thing as the Bills. They don't like letting go of their guys. Um, and we're just letting Devin Levi out the dry again last night. We have no goaltending. It's just – this team's pathetic. Yeah, I, I, we've talked about it before. I, I just – I don't know – how you fix this and at this point i don't care really anymore what you do with the roster i don't care um with the prospects the names the picks like you got to do something at this point right like what is the point of having all these great young players if you got shit around them there's no one there to help them there's no one there to mentor them it's, it's not working right like i don't care about draft capital because you're just going to keep getting younger and younger. That's not going to fix the problem of now. You have to do something. You have to trade some of these young guys. You have to trade some of these draft picks and find a veteran guy, sign a veteran guy, do find someone who's willing to come to this shithole of a team and help turn it around because the guys on the roster right now just don't care enough. It does not 
and look, they might care very much, and maybe we're being overly critical, but it doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like there's any enthusiasm to win, to play consistent, competent hockey. It's not there. There's flashes of it, but they can't put together a complete game. They can't do it to save their lives. They can't put together two games in a row where they win. You just you can't do it. So no matter what they say, how you know how they feel, they're not showing it. They're not proving it. So something has to be done, whether it's coaching, not putting them in the right position, not motivating them correctly, players that are apathetic and don't care anymore. I don't know, but something has to be figured out because you were so close to winning back the entire city. We thought playoffs were inevitable this year. The fans were ready to sell out the arena. Now I hope they don't fill the lower bowl the rest of the season. You can't blame fans for not wanting to go watch that. I was in Buffalo for the first time in a while for holidays. I didn't even care to look and see if I could make it to a game. I don't want to go see them. It's just so hard to watch. I So something's got to be done. And I don't think they're going to do it. They're just going to keep twiddling their thumbs and saying, oh, well, we've got the pieces. We've got the young guys. It's all a matter of time, blah, blah, blah. And they're just going to piss it away and continue to miss the playoffs again and again, year in and year out. And it's so frustrating. Yeah, they were the Cinderella of the league last year. Finally felt like you said we were going to make that jump this year. And now teams were prepared for us this year. And the style of hockey they were playing last year is just non-existent. They come out, they kill Toronto. They talk about they wanted to win the game after Granado got a lot of heat and there's the fire Donnie chance in the arena in the Columbus game. And then they played a great game against the Rangers, but then there was no passion against the Bruins whatsoever. It's kind of like, well, do you want to play for this guy or not? And then at Granado after the game saying he's going to step in and, you know, take over with the power play and help out. It's like, dude, the power play has been shit for two months. Like get in there way sooner than that. If you think you can fix it. And then, again, I don't know why we never change any of our assistant coaches. We've held around some of these same guys through multiple, you know, coaching staffs and firings, and we just always tend to bring these guys up that work with the Junior Sabres and Rochester. Like, go outside the organization and actually bring in some guys who have shown pedigree in the past and have, you know, done things at the NHL level. Um, I don't think there's going to be a major move. Like you said, I think there's going to kind of ride this youth movement. We have the number one prospect pool in the NHL. So it's like, why do we, like you said, Andrew, there's no point in just continuing to, you know, draft these guys when, you know, they're still two to three years away and we already have so much youth in the lineup. We already don't know what to do with guys like Coolidge and Rosen, who probably could be playing up over an Olofsson, over um, a Gergensen's. Like, we already have enough guys we just need to fix the back end and the goaltending and get a couple more big boys up front, like goal scoring wise. We need another star on this team. And the only way to do that is to trade for one. So I don't know. They play Columbus on Saturday. We'll see what they do there. I mean, they got embarrassed by them last time. Maybe they'll actually have some pep in their step for that game, but it's a back to back. They have Columbus Saturday, and then they go into Ottawa, who's even worse than us. 
on Sunday. And then next week, they also play the Canadians, Pittsburgh, Seattle, and then Ottawa again. So these next six games are against bottom tier teams this year. So you should be going in there and winning five of these games if you want to show any sort of fight um, to make a playoff push. But I just don't see it happening. Um, And like I said, this next month of games, I mean, they play the Sharks after that twice, the Blackhawks, the Ducks. Like, there is a world where they can do what they did last year, and these guys will go on a winning streak. Um, Similar to what we talked about the Bills. Like, these guys are just going to draw us all back in again. But – I just uh, I don't see that happening right now. And um, if I was in Buffalo, the ticket I'd be going to buy is the Bandits, not the Sabres. And they'll be back at it this week, I believe. I don't know if it's a home or away game. Andrew, I'm sure you can speak more to that. Yep. Bandits are uh, back at it again. Play uh, the 29th tomorrow uh, against Georgia. So that is a home game. Um, so they... Um, get back to it, uh, and they are playing straight through now. Uh, they've gotten their bye week out of the way. Um, you get two for whatever reason. They had their two at the beginning of the year, so now they are straight lacrosse all the way through until the end of the season. So uh, Georgia is uh, is this week for them. Then they play Colorado um, the following week on the sixth. So a lot of opportunities to see the Bandits to see some winning uh, winning teams, winning lacrosse. So um, something to be excited about, right? They you can watch them uh, on ESPN Plus. Uh, or CW if you're in Buffalo. So Bandits are back at it uh, to start that push uh, to kind of reclaim the championship, go back to back. So we will see how they fare coming off of this break they had and then uh, just keep pushing. Yeah, we'll see if uh, if you're in Buffalo, go sell at the Bandits games. Um, we'll see if the Sabres can do anything of significance and – Hopefully the Bills don't give us a heart attack for finally a one o'clock game on a Sunday for the first time in a long time. So um, we appreciate everyone for tuning in. We'll be back next week following the Bills-Pats game. Uh, we'll see how the Sabres look this weekend at a back-to-back um, and then see how the Bandits perform um, in another game tomorrow. Um, they've been doing pretty good this year so far, even though only a couple games, and it was nice to get the win on the banner-raising night. So, Definitely continue to go out and support them. Um, We appreciate everyone for tuning in. This has been the Buffalo Oil Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. These guys are good. Scary good. What a connection. Allen and Diggs. No one circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills.